It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White's alongside. We're happy to be with you. Chris Felica, the Bear, Fox Sports, where you can find Chris's work now with us in about five minutes from now, of course. Uh, doing a great job always on Bear Bets Pod as well. Him and Jeff Schwartz. See him on uh, Big Noon uh, Saturday on Fox as well. So we're excited to have Chris in about five minutes. But Alex, uh, did you enjoy your Vegas weekend, which is the nice Tuesday, Wednesday off days in this spot? I did. It's the best time of the year. I mean, I always had games on to watch, of course, between college basketball. We've got college football throughout the week. So it was a nice, nice weekend. Got caught up, ready for the weekend and uh, ready for the show. Let's uh, get into tonight. And it is a doozy of a football game. Ryan McCormick is ready to roll with it, as always. The, the Chicago Bears hosting the Carolina Panthers. Get into this for a few moments here. Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Total is 38. Alex, I didn't do anything here. Uh, it would, if you made me play this, made me, made me, made me, I would take the points with the Panthers. Would not shock me if this is a tight game. But it feels like a lot of things are in play tonight. It could be a, a good performance like Tyson Bajan had against the Raiders. Maybe he's just a little more comfortable in a home environment so far. Turned it over four times last week in New Orleans. And only a touchdown loss. Somehow the Saints managed to make that game a lot closer than it needed to be. Carolina, it's it been a struggle for Bryce Young so far in his early NFL career to number one overall pick. I can't disagree with you that three and a half was very tempting. I feel like I got burned from that a lot this past weekend, though. I mean, with the Jets, um, who else? The Bills, well, we were only getting two and a half. But So I stayed away from the side, and you're going to think I'm absolutely crazy, Jeff. But I actually put a half a unit on the over tonight since it moved down to 38. I think that number is a little too low. I'm going against... The money, I'm going against the trends. I know these primetime games have all gone to the under, but really when I dove into this, so getting a little frustrated with my totals for NFL, decided that each team needed a home total and an away total. Did that this week at my Vegas weekend and really looked into these. And then when I made these numbers with Carolina and the Bears, my number was a lot higher than 38. And then when I dove into it, the Panthers are 3-1 and one to the over on the road this year, allowing an average of 36.3 points a game and putting up 20 and a half. The Bears, 3-1 and one to the over at home this year, allowing 25 points a game and averaging 22.8. So now we've got these two teams, not the best defense, right? We know the Bears, they can stop the run. They're holding their opponents at 3.3 yards per rush attack, but they're not very good against the pass. So we're going to see... Bryce Young throw the ball a lot, and I think he might have some success doing that tonight. On the flip side, you already mentioned Tyson Bajant. We have seen some good things from him. So two rookie quarterbacks trying to prove themselves. Coaches aren't afraid to let them throw the ball down the field. Two weak defenses, 38, pretty low number. So I took the over tonight. <laughs> good luck. That, that's all I'll say there. I just... I just don't trust I don't trust these offenses enough. Now, the Raider game with the Raiders and the Bears, that game went over pretty comfortably uh in that one where it was Bajan making his first NFL start and then Hoyer 
playing for the Raiders with Hoyer, it obviously was a disaster, and it was so bad that it was in part of McDaniels losing his job. I just, this is a horrible game. If this was at 1 o'clock Eastern, we wouldn't even, we would be talking about it for about 30 seconds, and we'd be moving on to the other game. The only reason we're giving this as much wind as we are is because it's a solo window game. Uh, did you land on any props tonight or no? Um, anytime touchdown for Adam Thielen. And okay. That's about it. What about you? No. Nothing. <laughs> you nothing. really did stay away. No, I mean, I, I it's just... not my lock of the week by any means. It's not my favorite play. And I could definitely see a very ugly, barely move the ball down the field. Can't even get 20 points on the board. But then, like you mentioned, we've seen signs from both of these teams. I know the Panthers are very beat up on the defensive side. So the Bears might be able to do a lot there, too. 38 the total, three and a half right now the number on this one right behind us here at the South Point. Uh, there are some college football games tonight that we can hit these right now as we wait for Chris. Virginia on the road in Louisville tonight, 20 and a half point underdogs, 50 and a half the total on this one. Louisiana, an eight point favorite at home against Southern Miss. I like both of these favorites here. I definitely do. I think both of them get the wins. Louisville, I mean, I couldn't lay 20. If it was under two touchdowns, I would take it for sure. Uh, Virginia just one and four in conference. And then on the other side, Louisiana, I think that is definitely the right side to be the favorite. Um, no, no plays for me, though, here. I do have a play on tomorrow's college football, though. We'll get to UNLV in a second. Virginia is uh, <laughs> two and seven. They had obviously the back-to-back -back huge efforts that shocker that really ended North Carolina's run to potentially be a college football playoff team by accident and ACC championship uh, appearance as well. Uh, and then almost took Miami out the following week. Uh, and then uh, back to reality last week for Virginia as they got pummeled at home by Georgia Tech in that one, 45-17. Uh, Louisville, again, everything to play for going into tonight. 8-1, destroyed Vatek last week. Uh, now with uh, two more conference games to go, they went out. They will play Florida State in an ACC title game. Actually, you know what? I don't, I have to see. I love the tiebreakers out, but they probably would still get there with two losses as well. There's a whole collection of teams at 3-2 and two in ACC play uh, right now at UNC, Boston College, Duke, NC State, Vatech, obviously they beat a few of those that I already mentioned. Beat Duke, beat Georgia Tech, beat uh, Virginia Tech, beat Duke in that mix for Louisville uh, so far this year. Uh, right now, the Cardinals trying uh, to get themselves into the ACC title game. Well, you know, Tele televised game. It'll be on ESPN. Mm -hmm. I think the Cardinals really show up here. Since their loss, I mean, they've outscored their two opponents 57-3, to so I... I would lean more towards laying the points with the favorite than anything. Do you have a feel for that? It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. It's a number with that total that feels right. Even yeah. though we know that Louisville's coach and Jeff Brom was known for offense at Purdue it has been the Louisville defense that has been the reason that they've been as good as they've been this year. Uh, three points the last two weeks, that's probably not sustainable. Uh, Virginia's offense has been better since ben, uh, since uh, 
uh, the quarterback change there. Tony Elliott, again, a long way to go there, uh, there at Virginia. I didn't have anything on that. And then the other game, not, no thanks. Not, I, as Vinny says, they don't have to book every game. Or excuse me, I don't have to bet at every game. They have to book every game. Uh, so no thank you on that. I will, you know, let's go to your alma mater real quick. UNLV tomorrow, late night, at Allegiant, taking on Wyoming. UNLV has gotten bet in the market here, Alex, to five and a half with a total of 50 and a half here. Yes, so we actually talked about this game briefly on Monday. It was still three and a half. I went home. I took the Rebels minus three and a half. I'm glad I did. I wasn't expecting so much movement all the way to five and a half. I don't know if I would still lay it there, but I do think this is a great spot. If it was in Wyoming, I may not be on this game quite as heavy as I am, but UNLV, they're playing great, and they're playing really good at home, so... I like the Rebels here at Allegiant Friday night to get this win. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to bring Chris Felica on when we come back after the break. Live from State College at Penn State. Big one. And we have plenty to talk about with that Michigan Hall situation with Connor Stallions. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Mega Bucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part? Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to blackjack and roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. That's the South Point Sportsbook behind us. You can see the back of our heads here in the South Point studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is alongside. We're happy to be with you. And now joining us of Fox Sports. You know him as the Bear. The Bear Bets podcast weekly. Chris Felica joining us right now from State College. Bear, thanks for being with us today. Happy to be here. 
Chris, I have the first wife I can. Yeah, Chris, any Chris, Chris, we're getting every other state college. So uh, the best of it. Chris, we're uh, we're we're going to try to connect one one more time with you on there. The, uh, the we're getting we're getting we're getting we're getting, we're getting, we're getting every other word there. So let's uh let's uh let's mute that up uh, real quick. We'll get him uh, back on uh, in, in a second. Uh, Alex, uh, going back to the UNLV Wyoming game real quick. I just want to go back there because as we look at the we look at the Mountain West standings here. Where UNLV is tied with Fresno, they would need Fresno to lose once in order to make the Mountain West title game. And, of course, they would have to win out themselves. Just looking at the way that this game is played out here, I didn't bet this one. Five and a half, I don't mind. I don't mind taking it with Wyoming to go oppo here. Of this, the one concern is how will that offense travel? Oh, absolutely. And Wyoming has been better at home. I just am... I'm just amazed, honestly, Jeff. They have won seven games this year, and that is the same total as their last three years. Like, it is a huge difference that we've seen in this Rebels team. They're fired up. They go to each game prepared. You know, we kind of thought we'd see a drop-off after they got their sixth win. Oh, we're bowl eligible, but we haven't. And we've seen the same good Rebel team. They did outstanding last week. They blew out New Mexico. So I'm expecting a really good performance. I, I don't think three and a half. For the rebels is asking too much. Five and a half, though. I I agree with you. It's almost like little little too much. I could see why people would take the points with the Cowboys. You know, just just uh, again, the total on that is right. UNLV obviously their offense is way ahead of what their defense has been. That probably won't be the case much longer with knowing Barry Odom's track record uh, of coaching defenses. By the way, there is one other college game tomorrow night, and obviously you're you'll be on with Frank. Tomorrow on punchlines, what uh, what if anything are you doing with SMU in North Texas at a seventeen point line on this one and a sixty seven? Nothing for me here. I made the game SMU minus sixteen, so it's a stay away from me. I think the total is right as well, sixty eight, sixty eight and a half that I'm seeing out there. But SMU is still playing for their spot for a com- for a conference championship. Um, them in Tulane and. Uh, San Antonio, actually, all undefeated in the conference. So can't make a case for North Texas in this one. I do think um, SMU gets it done. I can't. I, I have nothing on this game either. 17 to total. 17 SMU laying at 66 and a half. And 67 the totals that are out there on SMU and North Texas as we go along uh, on this. We got him? All right, good. We got him. Chris Felica from State College with us right now. Bear, I think we I think we got everything all settled here. Hopefully, yeah. No, it's oh, there we definitely go. Uh, on your yeah, that's exactly the job right? Yeah, yeah. we're old school cell phone technology. We turn phone on the side and yeah, not the greatest Wi Fi signal in the room here, so I apologize. All good, all uh, good. But, we... but we're here and you get a good a good a good, 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 yeah, good view of my uh, my my nose and, and head here. Absolutely, absolutely, Chris. Just uh, let's go to the game you're covering here: Michigan and Penn State. Of course, uh, the whole college football world has been on Connor Stallions the last few weeks. Obviously, this sign stealing stuff. I think it's a whole boatload of nonsense here. More than anything, everyone we know, everyone steals signs. Michigan was just a little more brazen 
in how they went about it. But when push comes to shove here, Chris, what do you think ends up happening from the Big Ten's perspective on this? And obviously, I, if Harbaugh gets suspended, it does impact things. But if he doesn't, it really does. There's a whole lot of noise about nothing here. I, I yes and no. Like what, what Michigan has thrown out there to like muddy the waters with this has just been about oh yeah well people had our signs and they were sharing them but the difference is it's kind of two different things. There's an NCAA rule against like in videotaping in an opponent's stadium and and stealing signs like that way. Like there's an actual rule against that. Whereas what everyone else was kind of doing like that's kind of been like the dirty little secret that everybody does it so like the two things are different but ultimately well i don't think anything is going to happen this year in, in terms of like michigan being ineligible for anything or uh, vacating wins or losing games this year i think probably what will happen is they'll, they'll probably uh, suspend harbaugh the big ten will, will suspend jim and then they'll have the right to appeal and the appeal will take as long as it needs to take and the season will be over and jim harbaugh will be the head coach of the los angeles chargers of the chicago Bears or the Washington Commanders by the time anything really happens with this. But but I am curious what, what you and Alex might think about because I, I do think from a betting standpoint like while, while college football playoff title futures and Big 12 title futures certainly aren't up uh, for a situation where they're going to be lost. Like, I'm curious how maybe some Heisman voters might view this. Uh, will they maybe not vote for J.J. McCarthy because of his association with Michigan? And maybe they don't want to give a, a Michigan player a benefit of the doubt for an award if there is a, a real legitimate candidate and debate and discussion to be at. So, like, I, look, I'm holding a J.J. McCarthy ticket at 25 to 1. I have a, a Jaden Daniels ticket at 35 to 1, which got uh, blown out of the water last week when Daniels got hurt. So, as someone who who has a McCarthy ticket. I hope that's not the case, but I do think ultimately uh, that might be something. We, we've seen some Heisman voters be very petty in the past for a lot stupider stuff, so uh, I'm curious how that plays out. But ultimately this year, I don't think Michigan will, will have anything to worry about in terms of not being able to play in the Big, 12, Big Ten title game or the college football playoff. Yeah, I, I, Chris, I, I'm with you. I think that last part, there's no way that the league would interfere that much on something with that. And also, of course, why would you want to possibly mess up your opportunity in a national championship where it seems that this is the best chance a Big Ten team is going to have in a long while? It's interesting. And, and Alex, I, I, I'm just curious on what Chris just said on that. I think that J.J. McCarthy's done, Bear. I, I don't think he has a chance to win the Heisman okay. because of what you just said, where I think they're going to be voters, and you know it better than me. There are so many voters that just vote other ways for total and utter nonsense. And now they actually have somewhat of a legitimate reason to not vote for a Michigan kid. Uh, and it's not J.J. McCarthy's fault, but it's going to get held against them here. Uh, I, I really think that Heisman Trophy is coming down. Whoever wins the game here in Las Vegas, assuming it is Washington and Oregon on that first totally Friday great. in December, whoever wins that game, whether it be Washington or Oregon, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., Alex, I think the winner of that game wins the Heisman Trophy. I hate to say it, Chris, but I completely agree with Jeff. I do think that will play a role in him getting the Heisman, and I, I think those two are they are the favorite right now. Yes, uh, Penix is the favorite right now. Nix is the second favorite. I think it will come down to one of those two. Bear, uh, just looking at the game. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say it was interesting. Last, on last week's uh, Bear Bets pod, uh, 
Sammy P or, or Will uh, Hill had asked me, like, if there's someone you, you could bet that you don't have a ticket on, who would it be? And I said it would be Bo Nix. And I think last week at the time, he was right around four and a half to one or five to one. And now the best price I've seen him around is two to one. So I, I guess you just have to feel, I mean, they'll be favored in the Pac-12 championship game if they do get there. So you, you're probably not going to, unfortunately, right now, be able to get a better price on Knicks to win the Heisman than, than say, 2-1. to one. But if, if you like Panics to win the Heisman, I would just kind of wait right now and, and see what that, mo- what that money line will be in the Pac-12 championship game because you probably get a little bit better of a price on Penix, uh, on, on Washington being an underdog in that game than you would on what Penix is right now to win the Heisman. I, I agree with you on that, and also, too, Bo Nix has the USC defense game, even though it may not be the same with Alex Grinch got uh, there this week. Uh, right now, uh, you, you said it, Bear. Two to one seems to be the best price out there on Knicks, as low as, low as, my, as plus 160 in the market right now to win the Heisman. Panics plus 150 in most shops. Uh, I think the worst price I see for betters, plus 120 uh, right now out there on Penix. All right, let's go to the game, though. We'll get back to the Pac-12 games in a little bit, but to the game you're at. Michigan on the road at Penn State. We saw what Ohio State's defense did to Drew Aller in Columbus. Now Aller and company get to face another elite defense, but they at least get it in their own building here, Baron. As you look at this game with Michigan right now, four and a half or five point favorites in this one at Beaver Stadium with a total of 45. What would the way that you would look at this game be from a betting perspective? I think the first question, well, I shouldn't say I think, is the first question that I gave myself was, how many points ultimately do we think Penn State can score here? Mm-hmm. Uh, they scored 12 in, in, in the shoe against Ohio State last month, and I'm not sure that they're going to be able to muster uh, many more points here. Like, I, I think like 20 is like a perfect, like great case, ultimate top-end scenario for Penn State. And I, and I actually saw earlier today, I saw uh, Penn State total of 20 and a half minus 130. Uh, I don't know if that's still around in, in, in places like some of the apps that aren't available on Nevada. That's where I actually got that. But like, so I, I took under 20 and a half. I, I think I think that's pr- probably the way to look at it. But like, I, I can see this as being like a 21-17, 24-17 type of game. Because you even, I look, Michigan has been great, but at the same time, they played some terrible offenses. As you know from following this league, like some of the worst scoring offenses in the country are in the Big Ten. So it's not like they have gone out and played this this, this great murderer's role of offenses. So this will be a test going on the road against a really good defense. And if they find themselves in a uh, in a struggle to score points here against a good – I mean, Manny Diaz, this unit is really good. They did a great job against Ohio State a couple of weeks ago as well. So I would – if you're looking just to play the side in the game, like I'm sure a lot of people are, I'd probably take Penn State plus the points here. But I, I do think we're, we're, we're looking at like a 21-17 type of game. I feel a lot better about the totals in this game than I would the side. Well, that makes me a little nervous, Bear. I've got a ticket over 44 and a half. I was going to ask how you felt about that. But if you don't think Penn State is going to score more than 20 – 
I'll say this that, but you you got a good number there, though. Like sometimes, and, and I know like Steve Vezik, someone who follows this this rule, like it's called like the bridge too far. Like I think this number opened at like forty seven or forty seven and a half, and now it's down to forty four and a half. Maybe it's just gone down too far at this point where it's worth buying back at that low number. So you you got a good number there. So I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't consider that a loser at all yet, Alex. Okay, I thought so too. And I want to ask you, how much do you put? into the revenge factor in games like this. Michigan won last year 41-17. to 17. Do you think that can help get Penn State fired up and ready for this one at home? Well, that, that, that's something that James Franklin, I'm sure, will certainly play up uh, with, with his team. Um, they, again, another top-ranked opponent that they lost to, uh, gave up a lot of points, really strike. And I think that game was close at halftime, if I remember. I think it might have been like 21-17 or something like that at halftime. And then the second half just got completely out of hand. So I, I can see Penn State here at home really kind of – I think the, the bigger mac macro situation here is too, like – there is a lot on the line here for Penn State. I mean, there is for Michigan as well. But, like, if Penn State wins this game, like, the favored scenario the rest of the way will will be Ohio State losing to Michigan and Ann Arbor. And you would get into a situation there where you'd have Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan all with the same record in Big Ten play. And I think most people think, like, the tiebreak is, like, college football playoff rankings, but it's not. It's this convoluted tiebreak where you take the combined winning percentage of your opponents from the other division and the, the, the team that has the best winning percentage amongst those opponents, that's who goes. And Penn State played Iowa, and it's that often you can say playing Iowa is a good thing for your your, your your opponent. But like Iowa is ahead in that division right now and they have the best record. So it could come down to ultimately the fact that Iowa and the other two opponents on the, from the West that Penn State played have a better record than the opponents that Michigan and Ohio State did. And that could ultimately get the Nittany Lions to the Big Ten Championship game. So they got to win tomorrow and hope Michigan can win the game in, in, in Arbor in a couple of weeks. So yeah, Penn State certainly needs to take this approach that they are not out of this by any means whatsoever. Oh, Penn State, where to win, and then we get that tie break. Penn State uh, will be big fans of Iowa, Northwestern, and Illinois. Those were the cross opponents this year because, from the West. Because why not, right? Yeah, because, exactly. because that's college football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what, uh, Chris, uh, I wasn't going to bring this up until later, but uh, since you brought up Iowa, I have to do it right now. We have a 28, 20, 28 total in this game with Rutgers and Iowa. Iowa's down to a, being a one-point favorite. I, you know what the scary part about this total being twenty eight is, Bear. I still you can't think it, go over. It's still too high. It's still too high, because now you're on top of. Look, Iowa's offense is inept against everyone. Rutgers' defense is legitimately really good. Yeah. So how is Iowa can't move the ball against bad defenses? How are they going to be able to move the ball against a defense that, quite frankly, I thought played a great game last week against Ohio State, and that final score was not indicative to what that game was. No, Rutgers was going in to take what an eight or an, I think we had an eight point, point lead. lead. They nine scored. point lead, yeah. yeah. And they, they had, they had the, the fluke interception there, and and that kind of turned things around. But but you're right that, that Rutgers defense is is good offensively. They're terrible, uh, but. Yeah, it was funny. I asked uh, the guys on the pod earlier today, like, what would it be for you to have to go over in this game? And, like, no one wanted to go over 28. And I think Sammy P. finally said that 27, I think I, mean, I think the risk is 17-10 and maybe pushing on that. Like, 27, you can maybe get a buy. But, like, who, who's scoring in this game? And, and 
there isn't a chance in the world I would go over 28, that's for sure. It's a really big weekend this weekend. Who do you think is the most vulnerable and who could you see getting the upset over one of these undefeated teams or one of the top five ranked? Well, I, I think if you look at both, it's a, it's a good storyline for this week because you have Alabama coming off of the emotional win against LSU at home. You're laying double digits on the road at Kentucky. And Devin Leary, I think, is finally getting healthier, uh, which is a good thing. And, Mark, and, and those of who know Mark Stoops know that he lives for situations like this where his team is written off uh, with no chance. He's going to ugly the have an opportunity to ugly this game up. And look, this is still going to be Alabama on the road. And it's, this is a good Alabama team, not a great Alabama team in terms of like comparing it to other Alabama teams. But they, they could find themselves in a game on a, on Saturday afternoon, uh, getting up a couple weeks in a row, getting up for Tennessee, getting up for LSU, having to come from behind in, in both of those games. Like this feels like that third game in a row in the SEC where maybe Alabama early starts a little slow and uh, and, and find themselves in a little bit. I, I know quite a few people uh, do like Kentucky this week, so uh, that th that would be one. And I'm, I'm curious what, what you guys might think of the uh, the game in Athens between uh, Ole Miss and Georgia, because certainly Georgia has taken uh, the best shots from from teams like Auburn, where they needed to come back, had to come back against Missouri as well. Uh, they, they they've been in games in, in, as well where they they haven't necessarily been great. And hearing maybe Brock Bowers might be back, that's not confirmed, but he's been rumored to to maybe be back this week. But uh, Ole Miss has got a really good offense. I, uh, I, I know, uh, Jeff, you saw Georgia up close and personal, mm -hmm. where I should say at least really followed that game closely last week. Like, like you, you think Ole Miss plus the points there might be worth the play, or maybe Georgia after that game last week might be focused and you might get an A game from the Bulldogs. I, you know, I, I'm kind of in the camp where if you made me bet it, I would take with Ole Miss, especially if Bowers is not ready. The one concern that I have with Ole Miss, that was that was a really difficult game last week for them against AM. And I don't know if that yeah. had to do with the fact that AM's talent finally showed up in that game, or if Ole Miss was just in the classic look ahead with Georgia waiting on deck for them uh this week. Georgia showed me a bunch last week, though, Bear, because I didn't know if they had the offense to be able to come from behind against a good opponent in a defense that other than Jaden Daniels making them look bad, and Jaden Daniels made a lot of defenses look bad this year, mm -hmm. um, would they be able to come back against a good defense? And Georgia did, and that was clearly, in the end, the right side, money line-wise. Mizzou was the correct side, obviously, getting all those points. I would take 11. Alex, what, what would you do in that game, if anything? I, I have Georgia minus 14 and a half, so... There's your answer. So I stayed away from <laughs> that one. I didn't lay the 11 and a half, did it, though. Mm, four, four, 11 and a half to 14 that's a that's a pretty sizable difference there. that might be uh that might be a little uh, a little investment there for you to make this week that's that's a pretty big pretty big gap i might have to uh i might have to ride your power ratings there and maybe lay that number and, and trust in your rating there i like i like that hey missouri we mentioned them jeff mm -hmm. like you saw what happened last year in that game in knoxville with oh, yeah. the late touchdowns from from hypo, like 66, I think it was 66 24, I think 66 21. Mm -hmm. Like all they needed to do, I remember watching the game and the announcers were like, oh, they'll just take it. And no, they didn't. And clearly, like 
payback, I think, will be very much on the mind of Eli Drinkwitz this week. And hopefully they have Burden healthy back. But, but, like, I was a little bit surprised Tennessee was favored here. Maybe that might indicate that Burden's not going to play. But 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 I, I would think Coach Drink is going to be pretty wound up in Como this week. And uh, speaking of revenge, trying to get a little bit of revenge on uh, on that game from last year. Yeah, Burden, if Burden plays, and uh, from the people that would be in the know in Columbia that I know, the expectation is that he will suit up. Uh, at least give it a go in the warm-ups, and if that goes well, he will be out there. I look, uh, I, I'm with you. I think Missouri is just a better football team, and uh, Tennessee is so different this year, obviously, from last year. It was the high-flying passing offense. Now it's the big-time run attack that Tennessee has. I, I money-lined Missouri early this week, Alex. I, I just think the Tigers are the better football team, and if Burden doesn't play, maybe I'll buy off, but even if Burden doesn't, goes, doesn't go, I still think they have enough talent on the outside that allows them to move the ball on Tennessee and that defense will hold up well enough. I agree. I saw plus money with Missouri here and I, I jumped on it as well, but I will be paying attention to see mm -hmm. if he goes or not as well. Um, I have another question for you. We talked about a very low total. Let's talk about a really high one. We've got a USC and Oregon total sitting at 73 and a half. Do you think that is high enough? <sighs> I'm going to default and, and, and defer and deflect and kind of <laughs> veer off and say I would I would lean towards more playing. I have more, I have more confidence in the Oregon team total going over than I do about the USC Oregon game total going over. I just I wonder after last week, like ultimately. Will the white towel be waived for USC? Like that, that was their opportunity. They needed to win that game to get back to have any chance of getting to the Pac 12 championship game. Now it's done, it's over. The defensive coordinator is gone. There are rumors out there about, well, who knows? Lincoln Riley every year seems to be up for an NFL job. Like, how much fight is going to be uh, in that USC team? That's a good Oregon defense uh, that, that they're going to play. Like, like w w would it surprise anybody if this was like a 40-48-24 type game, which is like just under 73-and-a-half? Like, I, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that the Oregon defense does a good job slowing down SC here. Like the Oregon team total be, would, would be the play uh, that, that I that I would make in this game because I mean or Oregon is interesting. Oregon, I, I hate the, the the crutch style point for the college football playoff ranking. Like everybody's out to win games, but uh, Oregon in these next couple of weeks, I think is going to be out to, to really make a statement. So much debate about where they should be ranked in the playoff, and you work into some into some scenarios where like you may be looking at a final a final spot where say Georgia goes undefeated, say Michigan goes undefeated, say Florida State goes undefeated, Texas is 12 and 1 and wins the Big 12 and Oregon's 12 and 1 wins the uh, the Pac 12, Texas or Oregon isn't going. And uh, I go, what would the committee do? Would they give it to Texas, who is the bigger brand, has the bigger win, when arguably the best win in college football this year um, against Alabama by double digits in Tuscaloosa? Or would they go with the conference champion of the league, which has been viewed to be the best league in the country this year? So uh, Oregon's a team that I think if they have an opportunity to, to put the foot on the gas and put up a number, I, I, would, I would expect them to do so. I tend to agree with that uh, with you there, Bear. And also, too, you brought up a scenario. The most fun scenario for me would be Big Ten champions undefeated, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, doesn't matter who it is. Florida State's undefeated. They're not leaving them out at their 13-0. and 
with 12 and 1 Alabama as the SEC champion, 12 and 1 Texas as the as the Big 12 yeah. champion and a one-loss Pac-12 whether it be Washington or Oregon. That would be the scenario where if we're me, Alabama gets left aside, but I think we all know what the committee would probably do. No, see, and I had said this earlier today on the pod, and I know Kirk had said it on the show as well on uh, on Tuesday night. There's no world that exists where you can have a 12 and one Texas Big 12 champion and a 12 and one Alabama SEC champion, and have Alabama in the playoff and Texas out. Like that, that world doesn't exist. Like mm-hmm. I know people. Oh, well, if they played now, maybe Alabama would, would no. But they didn't play now. They played earlier in the year. Texas went to Alabama and won the game handily and convincingly. The best win, like I said, in the country by anybody this year. Like Texas wins all tie breaks, and that's. I don't care that the Big Twelve is not as good as a league as the SEC. Texas and Alabama played on the field. That's supposed to be the ultimate decider. Like if two teams are close, you, you look at head to head. Like it's like the first rule and criteria amongst the committee. So like, there's no, there's nothing, that, no world that exists. Like I said, that Alabama can go and Texas can get left out. Now the issue would be, would they put Alabama in over that Pac-12 champion? That that's another story. I wouldn't because I I think I think Oregon right now is playing. I don't maybe not the best football in the country because I mean Michigan's playing really well, but but there's no doubt like on the field, talent wise, power rating wise, that that Oregon is a top four team in this country. That's something that I know Greg McElroy was having a trouble with on the on the show the other night. Like what would the committee resume best? How do these one like I don't think anybody will argue that Oregon's resume right now isn't as good as some of the other teams out there. But I think if they were to pick up the win against SC, the win in the Civil War against Oregon State, and then beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, it's a pretty strong statement to finish the year. And I uh, I would hope, as someone who has an Oregon ticket at 35-1 to 1 and win the title, that the, that the Ducks would uh, find their way in, into the playoff. No, 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 no rooting for the bet there at all whatsoever. <laughs> Chris Felica with us right now. Of course, you can find him on Fox Sports, Bear Bets podcast as well. Uh, Jeff Schwartz uh, hosts that alongside. You also see Will Hill and Sam Panionovich. Anytime I can get a, a Sam Panionovich correct pronunciation on the show, I got to do it there. Uh, but going uh, go, going back to uh, the Big 12 here for a second, where I, I'm just curious your thoughts on this because Texas is good. Texas is going to get to Arlington. They're going to win their last three regular season games. They're going to get there at 11 and sure. 1. At least they should. Even though last week there was quite the scare, even though they're up 20 late in the third quarter. The opponent, I, I'm just curious, Chris, because it sure looks like Oklahoma's not going to get there now with these back-to-back losses to KU and Oak State. If it's Oklahoma State who has a loss on the resume to South Alabama, <laughs> and this and, and it was not a close loss. That was a beatdown that they took no. in the hands of the Jaguars. Yeah, it wasn't close. And by the way, this kind of leads into your best bet, so we might not even have to worry about this scenario. But if Oklahoma State's there and Texas beats, all right, uh, yeah, they end up going 10-3, and three, Cowboy team, that's honestly a scenario where their win the final week of the season is so much weaker than everyone else's week that that could hurt them in that scenario, kind of like we saw in the first year at a college football playoff where – where he had the Big 12 champion left out, mm-hmm. Ohio State gets in, Ohio State wins the national championship that year, of course. 
Yeah, I, I think in the, in, that, in the situation the first year in 2014, it was more about Ohio State beating Wisconsin, who was whatever they were, six in the country yeah. at that point, in, in, in the fashion that they did. But but you're right. The, the Oklahoma State is just amazing. Like since that game, and, and then they lost to Kansas State. Like you would have thought their year was over. But what five straight wins, four coming as an underdog, uh, the the big bedlam win um, last week, like. This is, I mean, this is, has to be UCF or, mm-hmm. or, or pass for anybody. Like, it is just the ultimate letdown spot. You got the, the three newbies in in the Big 12 remaining for Oklahoma State, Houston, uh, UCF, and BYU. And we certainly see that record uh, has been very well publicized this year between the, the, the newcomers in the Big 12 against the old guard. And, but, but, UCF is such a different offense with John Rice Plumley uh, on the uh, under center at quarterback. They nearly went to Norman and won. They had the two point conversion uh, stop late. They did get the win finally at Cincinnati to get a conference win. But I, I think going to Orlando this week off of that Bedlam win is a super super dangerous game for Oklahoma State. So yeah, I, I did take UCF plus the two and a half. I might maybe throw a little money line parlay around Robin in there with 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 the Knights and the money line as well because because you, you're right. I just can't can't get that South Alabama loss out of my head. That, you know, give him, it's funny, give Mike credit, Mike Gundy credit. Like every year, it seems like we're having this same conversation. You lose this quarterback, you lose this running back, you lose this wide receiver, and every year they wind up winning, winning nine, nine games, ten games. And uh, he, he, he's a head coach that uh, I, I don't think he kind of gets the the recognition nationally that. That he should, but he's done a hell of a job this year, going from the, that three quarterback exhibition that they put on in the in, in the desert there in uh, in Tempe early in the year against Arizona State, where they were fortunate to win that game, uh, to where they are now, running the ball behind Ollie and and uh, sitting in the position to get to Arlington. All I will say is, Chris, I am sitting on a forty to one Kansas Jayhawk to win the Big Twelve ticket. I would like to find a way to get that to Arlington, uh, but I need Oak State to lose two of these uh, games. They're going to all be favored in uh, down the stretch. Then. Is that what it is? They need to lose. Oklahoma State needs to lose twice. Is that what it is? Now? Yeah, it's, it's basically it, yeah. yeah. Oak State's got to lose twice because man, that bear that game in Stillwater that Kansas kind of gave away really hurts because it would be all right. Win this week as a favorite against Tech. You're going to be favored the final week against Cincy. Pull that short upset in Lawrence against K-State in the Sunflower Showdown, and I would at least have uh, hedge opportunities with Texas there. But, hey, uh, them the breaks, as we say here, Alex. I want to start with my alma mater, and then we'll talk about yours because the UNLV Rebels play tomorrow night on a Friday night. They are hosting the Wyoming Cowboys. So that line has moved. A lot of um, action on the Rebels went from minus 3.5 to minus 5.5. Do you agree with that move? And how impressed are you with this UNLV football team? Yeah, Barry Odom's team has been one of the best stories in the country this year. Uh, the, the way he got hired obviously was a little a little odd, but uh, it's clear he's making the, the the best opportunity of his second chance that he's gotten. He's gotten uh, UNLV brought a roster uh, influx, bringing in a bunch of guys and. And, and really uh, is one of the surprise stories of the year, putting themselves in a position where uh, probably not going to get there now, but being in a position at this point in the year to even consider uh, getting to the Mountain West Championship game is quite a uh, is quite a year. Wyoming is such a different team outside of Laramie. Like that's a big home field advantage. So. Uh, I hate having to lay five, five and a half now when I when I could have laid three, three and a half earlier in the week. Um, 
but I, I would think UNLV at home w- w- would be the side there. Like I said, I, I, I'm not. Wyoming had some injuries, I think, lately too. Maybe at the, in, in the backfield, I'm not sure what the status of those guys are. But if I had to play that game, I would, I would certainly, uh, I, I would lean towards laying the uh, uh, the, the five, five and a half with the uh, with the Rebs there. Well, I hope they get it done. Eight would be amazing. They have seven wins already, and that's the same as their last three years. So let's just keep that going. But let's look at Miami, Florida at Florida State. Now the Hurricanes. Do we have to? We have to. You have to tell us what you think of this one. <laughs> it, 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 it's funny. I, I've gone back and forth with a bunch of Miami alums and friends that were on, on, on a big group group text. And like some, I don't know what it is. Like I, It certainly can't be only the fact that Mario Cristobal and, and, and Shannon Dawson didn't take a knee at the end of the Georgia Tech game where they would have won that game and, and, and kept their undefeated season alive. And that that mishap has totally turned the season around. Like, there has to be something more going on there. Now, I will say, early in the year, I, I after that Georgia Tech game, I said it's been Miami's M.O. in recent years. When they've suffered that first loss, their season has kind of gone downhill, and it would be a test to see if they could kind of rally and salvage something out of this season. So far, they haven't. Uh, a terrible offensive performance against NC State last week, a terrible second half against North Carolina, uh, and now you're in a position where maybe you're not going to, you lose to Florida State, like maybe you lose to Louisville, and then you're going go to go to go to BC in late November in Boston, and like, uh, well, I'd love to see what kind of effort you're going to get out of the team from South Florida in, in, in a New England late fall uh, kind, kind of blustery weather day, but yeah, I I just don't know what to make of Tyler Van Dyke right now. I don't know if he's just completely lost confidence. I don't know if there's a situation where maybe uh, is he hurt or is he injured. Obviously, there's a, there's a difference. Uh, I don't know if he's just got the yips. I, I don't know what it is, but he's clearly not the same player that we saw uh, against Texas A&M. And now... Uh, with Florida State having an opportunity to really put a foot down. We heard talk about Florida State, and Jeff, we mentioned it earlier about uh, Florida State undefeated. Like, I think Florida State does need to be undefeated mm-hmm. to, to get to the college football playoff. I think they I think they, they have the least margin for all of those teams. But I, w- I would, as much as I would love to be able to say I would take Miami here plus the points, I have a hard time taking Miami plus the points here because I just don't know what we're going to get uh, – from from this offense, and, and I, I, I think in recent years as well, we've seen a situation where the, the favorites, the teams that have supposed to have won this game, typically have, if, if I remember correctly. Like I know there was a stretch there where underdogs did really, really well, but I, but I think lately, for the most part, that the better team has indeed won, and, and in most times, it, ha- it has been Florida State. All right, Bear, before we let you go, when we're talking about it in about a month from now, Four to four teams in the playoff. Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, and Texas. Pac-12, forget not yeah. existing at the end of the year, not existing. Would, Man, that would be... It would be awful. Yeah. It would be awful. Because I, I think... Because I think... And this is the issue with the committee. They all, they talk about we want the best four. But but you can't the thing is you can't not 
put Florida State in if they're the 13-0 ACC champion Yeah, they, with a win over LSU early in the year. You can't help that the rest of the conference stunk and, and Clemson wasn't as good and, and you needed a miracle to win that game. You, you can't help that beat you, you hung on in a terrible flat spot at BC. You can't help Miami was down. It, it, I, I, I would love to think Oregon would go, but I, I it's just because we know I, I think Oregon would be favored over Florida State. I think Texas would be favored over Florida State. Like I, I think there are other teams. Alabama would probably be favored over Florida State. Like there are teams that wouldn't be in the playoff. I think that are favored over Florida State. But the committee tends to see resume deserving over just best power rankings, and that's the conversation that we've all had forever. Like, are you, are you better off just relying on some type of power rating to, to put these teams in the playoff? Because uh, you and I, and I know that like, the, the, the odds are kind of an indication of power ratings. Yes, it's kind of decided, designed to get money on both sides of games, but they're all based off of power ratings on, on who you think is better. So um, it, it, it's a hard deal, and the committee has a hard job, and next year it gets a heck of a lot easier when, when it does command. But I would, I would absolutely hate it for Oregon if I were right there. I don't, look, I don't want to say that I'm rooting for a Florida State loss, but I'm rooting for a Florida State loss on Saturday. That would, uh, that, that, that would, that would make it. Hey, as a Miami alum, I'd love to see my alma mater kind of rise up and do it. But I think they have a, an FCS opponent the week after, and then they have the, the game down in Gainesville. And who knows, maybe maybe the Gators could pull an upset there as well. So uh, I, I wouldn't give up hope if you're, if you're Oregon right now or, or Texas because uh, we, we've seen crazy things happen in this sport of college football where uh, has been involved in some late-season games. They've been the upsetter and, uh, and kind of changed some things around. He's Chris Felica, of course, the Bear. You can find his podcast right now, Bear Bets Podcast. Him and Jeff Schwartz do a phenomenal job. Download, listen, wherever you hear you get your podcast. You'll also find his work over Fox Sports as well. Bear, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for hopping on with us today. I appreciate talking to both of you, and let's, uh, let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Chris Felica, everyone. Always love catching up with the Bear. Again, on the tweets, at Chris Felica. We move from the Bear... I, you know, I, 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 you know, I wish we had the, if we had the shot available, you know, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take my headphones off uh, as well, but the I'm shot, ready. the shot of Frank <laughs> that we would have had where Frank's nose is currently going into the microphone. I, it's <laughs> this looks like, this is very odd. I, I know the chair goes up, but you know, you got, oh, no, I'm no. just standing, <laughs> I'm doing this. Chair, we we'll go. do this. There we there go. There it is. Frank Nicotero, everyone, the host <laughs> of Punchlines here, right at the, usually in my seat. Yeah. Now in Vinny's seat, usually here. Um, this is the Italian how, seat. How, how, <laughs> how, how did the eye test go? The eye test went very well. Uh, I, I I ran to Costco. It was very exciting after the show. Between this show, uh, they had to strength the over. Take the over. I said the over on the strength of lenses had to be. Uh, had to be higher, and it was. The guy goes, "Yeah, when did you go to an appointment last year? I was, you, you needed stronger." I'm like, uh, "This past April." So yeah, <laughs> so in eight months, I need a change. But I think they messed something up in LA. That's why I'm proud to 
Now be a pseudo Nevadian, Nevadan. Nevadan. There's no I. I There's keep no saying I. you don't need an I. Keep putting an I in there because I am it, in Nevada. Nevadan, Las Vegan. <laughs> like you don't need a to, Las Vegan. Yeah, I, it should be Las Vegan, right? Just right. Make it, like make it even more. But I like meat too much. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree. Exactly. 100%. But if he was the bear, I'm the cub. The way I'm sitting here in this <laughs> tiny <laughs> chair, by the way, like giving picks like take pit, please. The okay. So 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 I will say this before we we get into your thoughts on this brilliant Thursday night football game yeah. tonight. <laughs> You and I had a nice little conversation before I hopped on with you earlier today that you actually had performed in oh. Columbia, Missouri, the city that the University of Missouri is. And yeah. of course, uh, a, a comedy club and uh, and a very strange nightclub. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Deja Vu, which Deja is still, Vu. still there in Columbia, I'm Missouri gonna, I, to this day. You know what? And I remember there's the smokestack, right? That's yep, the big of course. thing. Okay. So I went to Missouri. It was in, I believe it was in March. And uh, I don't remember how long ago it was, but- I got one of the best compliments ever. Anyway, yeah, there is like a, first of all, there is like a nightclub. Right, but the, the nightclub is, the comedy club is beautiful. Comedy club The upstairs. nightclub is one of the more bizarre places in the whole city, which yeah. is saying something. Yeah, but it was, it's a great club. And I, I think the guy's name was Matt that booked me. And I got a really good compliment because after the first night, I think it was a, a Thursday through Saturday club and something like that. So I flew in and uh, to get to Columbia, you have to, you had to fly to St. Louis, I think, yeah, and St. drive Louis, down. St. Louis, about an 80 minute drive on I-70. Right. That yeah. sounds about right. That's what yeah. I did. Uh, they reimburse the rental car, you know. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so I get there and I do the first night and I get off stage and the owner's like, wow, man, that was great. I'm like, thanks. He goes, we really thought you weren't going to be funny at all. <laughs> I go, wait a second. I go, wait a second. Whoa. He goes, well, let me tell you, let me explain. He goes, most TV guys we get down here are just guys. He goes, we had Screech here a couple months ago. And I'm going, oh my God, you're comparing me to Screech from <laughs> Saved by the Bell, the late Dustin Diamond, rest in peace. Or, you know, a lot of these guys who are on TV and then they just want to try to make money and go to clubs and they're not really stand-ups, right? So I had been doing stand-up forever. So he was like, you're like the first TV guy we've had. That was actually funny. So I just thought it was just the funniest comic. Cause I get on stage, it was a great show. I'm like, wow, Columbia, Missouri, this is great. And he's like, yeah, we didn't think you'd be good at all. We were just glad to have you here. Because it was after Street Smarts, and I was—I think the show was even still running. But um, it was a good time. Wait, what years were you there? I was there from well, my college years. I was there from eleven to fifteen. Oh wow! I then did my grad school years, which was working at KTGR ESPN Radio there okay. from about four months after I graduated, so wow. August of twenty fifteen until December of twenty eighteen before I moved out here. I have to—I'm going to have to look up the year. I don't know. I got to find out when I was there. But it was love. I mean, the club was awesome. I—I I don't think I went back. I think I did it once, and uh, I remember coming back to LA and talking about it, how great the club was. And I, I'm dropping names. You know, I like to drop names. Bob Saget, uh, who I used to hang out with the Laugh Factory a lot, rest in peace, Bob. Um, I go, Bob, I go, this club's dying to have you, man. He goes, he actually mentioned, hey, are you friends with anybody in LA? I said, oh, Bob Saget. He goes, yeah, Saget. And Saget looks at me, he goes, nope, not going to do it. And I go, no, man, it's a great club. He goes, I do one plane. I do one plane and I land in the city. No rental car, no connecting flights. It's got to be a one plane town, one flight, and I'll do it. And I said, well, no. And he goes, I won't do it. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> again, they uh, they put a lot of money into the airport there. So oh, instead well. of now being a bus terminal okay. that functions as an airport, it's now a tiny airport that only flies to three cities. So okay. it's improving, Frank. <laughs> well, it's I'll improving. see if maybe Dave Collier wants to do it. Maybe we'll get another fly <laughs> who I get recognized. People think I'm Dave Collier a lot. Cut you, it you, out. You know what, Frank? Actually, well, you know, let's go back there. Yeah. I'll do the opening act. I'll okay. bomb. There you go. So you can you can look even funnier than you already are. <laughs> and we'll get you paid to go back through oh, all the money. There you go. This see, might be something. See, what, a, what a scheme yeah, exactly. I just concocted <laughs> right here. Profit deal. I like it. <laughs> but no, I had a great time. I had a great time in Mizzou. It was a lot of fun. 
Let's uh, let's go to tonight's yeah. game. Yeah, let's go to tonight's. Oh, game. the NFL game. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, do you have any bets on other no, sports? If you have other bets on other I, sports, well, all here. well, Ryan and I made a bet. Uh huh. But we don't know what the, what it, we're betting on. The, oh yeah, DJ Moore touchdown, right? Okay, so Ryan has his fantasy team. He thinks DJ he's taking a DJ Moore anytime touchdown. I am hoping DJ Moore does not score. And we had Josh Yoey from the Athletic on, and he was talking. I, we were talking about weird foods because Ryan had to eat a banana with mayo on it. And Josh said he actually likes peas with ketchup. So Ryan's stomach immediately turned. Would you ever, Alex? Would you ever try peas with ketchup? Sounds gross. Yeah. So we were going to make that to be the penalty for the loser oh. would have to eat peas with ketchup. <laughs> If DJ Moore, it's all up to DJ Moore. I'm in, but I don't know if Ryan, I don't know. Um, I hate to bring this up, but has Ryan ever had to do anything yet? Since yes, you today. Just oh, this morning. Did. Yeah. He did it, yeah. Okay. No, Alex it looked prepping. like he was going to vomit. Okay. Yeah, he had to eat the banana, peel and all, and he swallowed it with mayo on it. Oh, wow. And he, he had a yellow jacket on, and his face looked yellow as well. Yeah, it was really But bad. he did it, and he swallowed it, and then to cleanse his palate, he went with a Dorito with peanut butter on it. Yeah, which is also gross. Well, I made him do that, it. I actually would argue that sounds worse than the peas and ketchup. <laughs> yeah, but uh, see that, but uh, yeah, but he doesn't like Jeff doesn't I don't like, like peanut, peanut butter. butter. Do you know about this? I don't really love peanut butter. Oh my god! <laughs> there we go. There we go. Sports by the book, a non-peanut butter zone. Let's go. There we go. Peanut butter stands for punchline stands for peanut butter lovers. PL. <laughs> there it is. Because I love peanut butter. <laughs> Jeff. It's gotta be Jeff though, Ann. Oh, with the man. Coke Zero. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm glad that I bet with you guys, and we have our yes. uh, parlay. And I'm not in this. Yeah, you're not. No, yes, this. we're 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 not against anyone. Yes. Right. we're just a group yeah. that wants to all win at the same time. And we, we, we never root against anyone. Right? See, no, we the, had the, a hot toxicity week. of your show, Frank. I mean, right? <laughs> the what again? Toxic. Uh, oh, to yeah, toxicity. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, as I totally butchered a pronunciation. No, I, I I was in my head. I was on. I I don't know what happened, but. <laughs> We're gonna do our Friday. We're gonna do our Farley Parlay tomorrow. We oh are. yes, that's F. It's Frank and the A's, Alex and the R's, Ryan. Farley Parlay. We hit it last week, and I kind of like. I don't know if we can purposely do the spread out thing where we did one game Friday, one day Saturday, one Sunday. It worked out. It closed it with the Raiders. She had uh, Oklahoma State. He had the Pacers plus plus points because Halliburton played on Friday. Yeah, honestly, the big, the, the, <laughs> yours, was, your, your, yours was no sweat at all. You, you, yeah. As soon as Daniel Jones got hurt, it was yeah. like, all right, I'm going against Tommy DeVito. If I lose to Tommy DeVito, I exactly. don't deserve the win. Right, exactly. Ryan's was, even though the Pacers made it interesting at the end, that was not yeah. really that much of a sweat. And in Oklahoma State, Great they went out right. So. Yeah. Uh, pretty good all the way. It was a good parlay week. It was here, a good which means one. We're absolutely both right. the parlay. Your 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 farlay parlay is we, losing, we and the three. one that we put together with the sports by the book crew is absolutely losing. So we we will give the donation back. <laughs> give a little big donation back behind us. All right, yeah, that'll be fun tomorrow I mean, though, right? Oh, yeah. And and we're one of us part. one of us is eating peas and ketchup tomorrow on the show. I, if that's not a tease enough, Billy Gardell will be there as well. That's the good part. Yeah, right there. Hey, little hey, Pittsburgh. You know, you got to get Billy's thoughts on the ketchup and peas. I oh, absolutely. But again, I'm saying this. Josh, Josh is another Pittsburgh guy, born yeah. and raised Pittsburgh. Gardell, myself, Heinz ketchup. I mean, that's that was like the biggest company. It was that in U.S. Airways? Someone you you knew someone who worked for Heinz or U.S. Airways. U.S. Airways no longer exists. Uh, actually, Heinz, I think, moved to Chicago. But anyway, it's still a <laughs> Pittsburgh product. If you try to give Hunt's ketchup to someone in Pittsburgh, that's like the biggest insult. So Heinz is still the best of the ketchup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still you know, close. And listen, I'm a bigger. I like mustard more of a condiment than ketchup. Okay, but I can't do the high. I got to go French's. It's a weird thing. I I try to. Well, stay are true you to a Pittsburgh. yellow mustard guy? Yeah, or I you like a brown mustard. Guy? I go yellow. Okay. Yeah, brown's a little too spicy for me. Oh, look at that. <laughs> You know what, actually, Ryan, make him put the brown mustard on. Yeah, that might actually I, be with the ketchup. With the ketchup, do both. Yeah, I think that might. Peace. I, I'm telling you, I 
It doesn't sound appetizing. It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound, it but doesn't it does sound, sound horrible, appetizing, right? but it doesn't like, I can think of so many worse combinations yeah. than peas and ketchup. I guess Ryan's a little bit different on that. But here's the thing though. Ryan's got enough Chicago in his DNA that ketchup is offensive unless if it's basically on a potato. Yeah. Uh, a potato. Dish. <laughs> yeah. Aren't I, aren't I right on that? Like, a potato dish is like the only thing that's acceptable in, yeah. in, in Chicago. And, and Chicago style hot dogs don't use ketchup, right? No, I mean, that's right. That's, that's where a you're good going. Way to it. get run out of Chicago yeah. is ask for uh, ketchup on your hot dog. That's the right. See Pittsburgh and yeah, that's where the odd Pittsburgh and Chicago ketchup's okay. My cousin puts ketchup in his macaroni and cheese. Which okay, that, they, that's gross. They, to me. No, I'm not. No, you don't that. want to mess with cheese, and you wouldn't do that no. either. Well, I I understand the hot sauce. Like I understand people. I, I'm not a I don't not a spice guy. Yeah, but I understand okay. people who put hot sauce in their mac and cheese. I get that. Get <laughs> no, you by the book. All right. Well, tonight's game. Uh, yeah, no, but no. regardless, though, like I, your bet, your bets. Going to be settled tonight. Yeah. If DJ Moore scores a touchdown, yeah, you're right. eating peas with ketchup on punchlines tomorrow. <laughs> and if our not, group text is going to light up. I, 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 <laughs> I, whatever. I, again, peas are bad on their own. Yeah. So any enhancement to me makes it okay. And I need points, so I'm going to have to root for DJ Moore to score a touchdown. <laughs> Alex, I'm sorry, over tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Alex, uh, Alex is keeping track of my leans in college basketball so far this year. Uh, Pepperdine was a lean in the play for us overnight. They're up by 14 in the second half, catching eight and a half. So that would be a bad one. If we oh, did we that. see how oh, the yeah. apprentice team I, did? The I, apprentice builders? Oh, actually, I'm happy yeah. you brought that oh, up. Oh, good. Because I brought this up to Ryan okay. earlier. Okay. Evansville tonight. Okay. okay? Evan, Evan, Evansville tonight in college basketball is playing tonight the St. Louis College of the Pharmacy. Uh, of the pharmacy. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Uh, the only reason I know it is they are an NAIA school that plays Columbia College. Thank oh. you, Mid-Missouri Connection. Okay, sure. And they're in the same conference. So that is the great matchup of the Purple Aces of Evansville versus the Eutectics. The what? Eutectics. What does that mean? It is a pharmacy term of some sort <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Playing per the Purple Aces tonight. And, no and what's amazing it. about the pharmacy school is all the signs that the fans make, can't read them. The penmanship's terrible. <laughs> Thank you, Ann. And never stifle the laugh. How many times? Pharmacists have bad writing. So I, 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 I figured you would enjoy that. Today. Yeah, that's, John, that's awesome. John Brown by himself played Baylor John Brown very lost tough today. Yeah. And the Apprentice Builders, did we see a final? <laughs> that, oh, yeah, I still can't believe that's an actual it's an, school. The Apprentice Builders, yeah, I mean, that's it, amazing it, stuff. By the way, that game. No, and the funny part about it is when you Google it, <laughs> when you Google it for Norfolk State basketball, yeah. tonight, it shows up. The Apprentice Builders at Norfolk State yeah, Spartans. I, I'm telling you, I've it's never incredible. heard of it. And, you know, you think when you grow up, watching the tournament you've know, you've heard of every small college and you get to know you know samford and robert morris in pittsburgh i'd never heard of the apprentice or the pharmacy one no the pharmacy again i wouldn't have known what the pharmacy was uh until uh, unless if i was covering it like again i actually called the basketball game between <laughs> columbia the, college and the tactics <laughs> there's tape they, of that somewhere and wow. do the players have to they have to play for eight years at the school like a pharmacy student or something i, I i'll be honest with you i have no idea we got to just them. listed as freshman sophomore junior and senior yeah <laughs> Just rest I think it's the same. Yeah, probably I same eligibility. Yeah. I, I also love. I also love that. It, like again, a legitimate athletic program. Yeah. Which also, again, you're 
taking from a very small pool of people yes. that want to be pharmacists. Yeah. Your team can't possibly be any good. We need t-shirts from both of these schools. That's right, what we got to I have so many friends in St. Louis. I'll make yes. sure we get one. We got to get that uh, and the builders the one. All right, we've got overtime here, but how could we not when we're talking about John Brown College, the Eutectics, <laughs> and the Apprentice Builders. <laughs> it's, it's, college that's our farlay tomorrow. That's going to be whatever they're tomorrow. playing in this weekend. We're taking those three schools. There we go. Frank, thanks as always. Thanks, Sunshine's noon tomorrow. Frank Nicotero. Oh, and Alex White will be there tomorrow yeah, on the show uh, from noon to one, leading into our two-hour extravaganza football Friday with Vinny and Chris here on Sports by the Book. Alex, we'll see you tomorrow Fun on Punchlines. We'll see you on yeah. Saturday. Uh, big thanks to the Bear, Chris Felica, for joining That's us. Great. Jerry, Ryan, Sean, and great work as always in the back. I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again tomorrow on Sports by the Book.